Today on the Topic Show, Kathleen Kennedy is roasted by South Park for destroying Disney. Vivek on NATO over expansion against Russia goes viral. Matt Gates goes viral for noting new speaker Mike Johnson doesn't have any shady business deals. Disney purchased the remaining stake in Hulu from Comcast. Toyota stock jumps 6% after their Q3 earnings are re released, while Paycom stock crashes nearly 40%, and ELF stock jumps 9%. Also, Toyota is recalling about 1.8 million RAV4 SUVs. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November, so if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Toyota stock jumping 6% after their Q3 earnings are released, but their projected EV sales fall about 40%. Now, this is thanks to one of the best websites, well, what used to be good old Yahoo, which perhaps is one of the biggest business blunders in history, where they refused to sell to Microsoft in their heyday for about 40-something billion dollars, and they're later sold for less than a tenth of that value to, I believe, Verizon, and subsequently, they've been bought and sold more times than I could possibly fathom or even care to remember. But nevertheless, there still is a little bit of Yahoo left. Now, this specifically is thanks to a senior reporter by the name of Praz. And he noted that Toyota is increasing their outlook for 2024. Their new outlook for their sales revenue is projected to be $284.7 billion, which is up 5 tr trillion yen a year ago from its prior forecast. And I believe that correlates to now about 30 billion American dollars. Now, to end, Toyota will also now buy back as much as $660 million worth of shares, or 44% of its float, and boost its dividend yield by 20 cents per share. Now, Toyota did not, however, boost its global vehicle deliveries forecast, it remains at 11.38 million vehicles. While the company sees a decrease in sales due to the uncertainty in markets such as China, and automotive makers sees improvements in areas like North America and other regions where, quote, robust market is expected, as well as in Europe where the company expects a recovery in supply. Which, yeah, one of the biggest issues in the automotive community, or the biggest threats rather, is BYD. They're one of the largest automotive manufacturers no one's ever heard of. They're a huge company based in China making EV vehicles for that market. And depending on how the export laws work in other countries, it may be able to flood the other countries with their product at a very, very steep discount price. So it'll be interesting to see how that factor plays into account into those other markets. Now, they say that Toyota also sees its global forecast for battery electric vehicles, or BEVs, sales falling nearly 40% to 123,000 vehicles from their prior forecast of 202,000 vehicles. However, their hybrid sales are continuing to climb and make up for that difference. Toyota did not say whether it sees BEV sales falling, but it appears to be in line with what Ford and GM have been forecasting with EV demand slipping in the U.S. due to higher prices. Now, they say due to higher prices, but you can still buy, well, you used to be able to, you used to, be able to buy a Nissan Leaf for like 20 bucks and a pack of beer. I'm only moderately kidding. The Nissan Leaf was the, one of the first mass-produced electric vehicles that had a very, very aggressive price point. It also had comical build quality and, you know, range but nevertheless you could purchase it now 
I don't know how much of this is really a price issue at this point. Because if we go back to, what does the Chevy Bolt go for? The Chevy Bolt is one of the largest mass-produced, lower price point electric vehicles that you can purchase. And if you go to just the Chevy website, which uh, I don't know how boring you can make a website in terms of, they used to have such great vehicles like the Camaro with a you know stick shift and a V8, which next year is gonna be a two-door EV SUV. And the Corvette's gonna be an EV. Sad times at Chevrolet. Nevertheless, if you go to the Chevy Bolt, in terms of the price point, let's say you wanna, let's lie to the internet website and say we want to actually pretend to build and buy this product. Now this, in full disclosure, this is an experiment. This may not work. It may crash the website subsequently because I don't think anyone has ever conscientiously clicked on the website to build and price a Chevy Bolt. I kind of think people just buy it by accident, perhaps. Now, this tells us as they aggress that's an aggressive price point. Now, the range isn't as good as like a Tesla, granted, it's a multiple of the price point, but it looks like the base model Chevy Bolt, this is the 2023 model year 1LT, that starts at $27,495. Now, granted, the government's still gonna take about 10% of your paycheck, or 10% more when you get to register the vehicle, depending on where you live, and your local dealership may mark it up 10, 20, 30 grand. I don't know what they're doing these days in regard to Chevy Bolt demand, but nevertheless, that's a pretty aggressive price point. So I'm not sure if this analysis by the Yahoo gentleman when it comes to Toyota decreasing their forecast for EVs, I don't think it's I don't think he's correct in regards to the price point being the big issue. I think more Americans are just concerned about buying disposable vehicles. Because again, technology changes very rapidly. So I just have to have a little asterisk or disclaimer when I say this. Today, with EV technologies, they're basically disposable smartphones on wheels. They were great and they're reliable for a certain amount of time. Granted, you only have one person who can repair it, so your local repair shop can't really help with a Tesla. And after the battery dies, the vehicle is basically garbage because batteries range from 15 to 20 to 30 grand now these days for an EV vehicle. Now, that's the main part of the vehicle as opposed to an internal combustion engine. If the engine breaks on that, depending on what, as long as it's not an exotic, you know, car, you can go to the dump yard or the scrap yard, you can get a new, a new used or new to you used engine for an internal combustion engine for a couple hundred bucks, maybe 1200 bucks, 1300. Again, depends on the make and model, of course, but the percentage of the value to the vehicle is much, much smaller compared to the cost of a battery. And of course the battery, uh, you're probably not gonna be able to buy that used. You're gonna buy that directly new from Tesla or what have you. So I don't think the adoption, the adoption rate of EVs in the US, I don't think that rate is decreasing because of price specifically. I think it's because of the aforementioned reasons I've uncovered. Also, if you have a modicum of excitement in your life and you want a little bit more, just buy something with three pedals. You can't get that with an EV. EVs are my main transmissions. So I always purport, if you want to actually have fun and enjoy the experience of driving, buy an internal combustion engine with a stick shift, AKA manual transmission, you'll never go back. It is the most exhilarating thing ever. And it's a good workout. You gotta slam that clutch with your, your little foot. Yeah, you gotta really work for it, so to say. But nevertheless, back to the coverage with Toyota. Now they said that Toyota's most recent fiscal quarter, which went from July to September, the company reported the sales revenue hit. Again, this is a, 11.43 trillion yen, which sounds really cool, but I know we'll go back to the US dollars. That correlates to $76 billion. Now that is up 24% compared to the same time period a year ago. On their not operating income, that was 9.5 billion, nearly tripling its level from the last year. Toyota's margin improved significantly to 11.2% profit margin compared to 
4.7% a year ago. Now they say, once again, this is the effects of cost cutting, improving material pricing and better pricing from the product mix. Again, I'm not saying Yahoo's imperfect, but well, they are imperfect. I take that back, they are imperfect. Now, they also forgot to say the big elephant in the room or panda in the room, because they issue a geopolitical joke. The issue with inner, you know, a huge global economy right now is the semiconductors. Now a lot of countries make them. An overwhelming majority are made in Taiwan. Now the U.S. is starting to make factories here again, which is also one of those things where you can thank your politicians for forcing the companies to outsource and now they're coming back. But nevertheless, it's one of those issues where, you know, a couple years ago, that was a huge bottleneck in the whole automotive community because, again, cars are becoming more and more like computers, unfortunately. So if you can't get the semiconductors, that's why they weren't able to produce as many vehicles. So this year, that is not so much of a constraint. So I think that is also another contributing factor of why Toyota has been improving their outlook as well as getting better performance these days. Now, it'll be interesting to see, again, I think more and more of these companies are starting to realize the EV adoption rate is decreasing and they're starting to hedge their bets as I kind of said they would, especially with Toyota where they're known for making bulletproof cars or damn near bulletproof vehicles that last darn near a quarter of a century in a million miles. My family still drives a Honda Accord manufactured in 2001. Honda and Toyota make darn near bulletproof vehicles. They also offer a stick shift for many of those models. You know, manual transmission as all of them should. Not to brag, but I did pass a Supra on the track recently. Granted, it was raining and I had a front wheel drive car, so it was a very big advantage. But nevertheless, it did happen. Now, let me know in the comments, are you still interested in buying an EV? Have you already purchased one? Or are you kind of happy that some of these older options, aka the legacy options, are still around, and for your next vehicle refresh, you will probably buy an internal combustion engine. Be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting business news, you have Paycom stock diving nearly 40% after missing their Q3 goals, and year-to-date, or rather for the past year, their stock is down 50.53%, which I know public schools are all-time low in terms of all their testing, you know, math, science, history. The ACD scores are at a 32-year low, yet the teachers' unions say they deserve more and more money. No time for no time. However, we'll do a little bit of fun math here today and contribute more of the education than some public schools in the United States. Now, Paycom stock is down 50.53% this year. So if we round a little bit, that's about 50%, which is also known as half. We have now added more value than some public schools in the United States, which is actually not a joke, but nevertheless... Going back to the actual substance of the news, the Paycom shares dropping so much and they are just getting crushed. Now, they're noted that the Oklahoma, this is thanks to investors.com, the Oklahoma City-based company said that Paycom earnings in the third quarter were $1.77 a share, which were up 39% a year earlier, and the revenue did rise 22% to $406.3 million. Now, analysts expected Paycom to report earnings of $1.61 per share, on the sales of 411 million for the period ending September 30th. Now, Paycom stock 2024 week guidance for the December quarter, Paycom expected revenue growth in range of 420 million to 425 million. At midpoint of its outlook, that's 14% growth versus a consensus estimate of 21% growth to 452 rather million dollars. For 2024, Paycom says it expects revenue to grow the range from 10 to 12%. First consensus estimates for the 21% sales growth. In addition, Paycom has a focus on small, medium-sized companies, 
also the provider of human resources and payroll processing software, has expanded its direct sales strategy by adding additional regional offices. So it'll be interesting to see as they continue to sharpen their sales message, or rather evolve, you can debate if one sales methodology is more efficient or more effective than the other. There are a lot of variables in that. It'll be interesting to see. They also noted that, quote, while investors were braced for soft revolts, results and guidance, Paycom shocked everyone by providing the initial 2024 outlook for 10 to 12% revenue growth. Management largely contributed to the second half weakness and 2024 outlook to cannibalization of services revenue. So it'll be interesting to see. They're, again, not doing so great. Well, a wise man once said, however, that you always buy low, sell high, though. I don't give financial advice. I always say the best gamble you can say do is gambling on yourself, starting a business. But nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Other interesting business news: you have ELF stock increased nine percent after the news of a seventy-six percent increase year-over-year -year sales jump. Now this is thanks to CNBC. Now they actually, additionally, they actually completely blew past Wall Street expectations, which is again, if you're public trade, that's the best thing you could possibly do for them. And they also increased their second half projection now the cosmetics company is known for their viral tiktok marketing and middle of the road pricing comparatively saw 76 percent compared to the year before and elf is expecting sales to grow between 55 percent and 57 percent for the full year which is astronomically impressive now the earnings per share came in at 82 cents per share adjusted versus 853 cents per share so way better than expected revenue coming in at $215.5 million versus the $197.1 million that was expected. The company's net income for the three-month period that ended September 30th was $33.3 million, or $0.58 cents per share, compared to $11.7 million, or $0.21 cents per share a year earlier, which is astronomical to think with all the economic uncertainty, all the 40-year hype inflation, and people are still buying makeup, which... I find it astonishing. I mean, you have Americans just passed, I believe, the was it the trillion dollar mark for credit card debt? It's a huge, huge mark, not in a good way. Also, not a great sign for the economy if people are using the credit cards more and more. But that's it. I'm literally a record amount of credit card debt. Can't imagine. I can only wonder how many of them are using those credit cards to buy useless things like makeup. But they all that's astronomical. Now, ELF also, in terms of the, the strong results, also prompted the company to rise their full-year outlook for the second quarter in a row. It now expects next sales to increase between 55% and 57% to an estimated range of $896 million to $906 million. That's ahead of its projected full-year sales of $852 million, or growth of 47.1% rather than analysts had previously expected, which is astronomically successful. I was going to say, good God, perhaps I'm in the wrong business. Makeup is killing it. They also noted that ELF's margins for the quarter came in at 70... No way. That's it. ELF margins for the quarter came in at 71%, up 5.7% from the year period ago. The increase was attributed to lower inventory adjustables, cost savings and mix, improved transportation costs, and favorable foreign exchange rates. ELF started as a, a little fun little background. ELF started as an online-only company, and while it continues to sell directly to consumers and on its digital channel, it has a strong presence in drugstores and mass retailers such as Target and Walmart. Now, they also noted that despite the heavy wholesale presence, 
ELF is able to maintain its high margins because it seems to have high volumes and doesn't lean on promotions or discounting the same way other retailers do. Which, good, good God, I know investing is always 2020. Many things in life are, to be for the truth, but I can't. I'm astonished to see how much success is coming from this makeup company. It seems like Saturn's elves are busy. Pun intended. Their name is actually ELF. Man, every time I hear this company, I always just think of elves and makeup. I, I can't help. It'll probably be a good Christmas rollout if they do some marketing for that time. But interesting, some companies are diving into the ground while ELF is growing like a Christmas tree. Pun was attempted, nevertheless. By going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Kathleen Kennedy roasted by South Park for destroying Disney and Star Wars. She's currently the president of Lucasfilm, which was perhaps one of the most successful media companies ever, founded by George Lucas, hence the name Lucasfilm, where he founded the famous film franchise, Star Trek. Ha, <laughs> kidding. I know his battle, Star Galactica. I know, Star Wars, Mark Hamill, stuff like that. So these are a couple of clips from the episode that went viral. This one clip got 5.2 million views in a couple days. So this clip is from the specific episode, I believe called the, I forgot what the rock is called, but kind of explaining why all Disney movies suck now. Quote, unquote. This is from Geeks and Gamers on the Twitter sphere. And without further ado. Bob Iger took us to the Disney archives and showed us an ancient piece of artificial intelligence that could be used to make the same movies over and over again while appealing to absolutely everyone. The panda stone worked great for a while, but then came the hate mail. Ugly letters from racists who couldn't stand that some of the panda stone's rehashes had diverse women characters in the lead. I decided I would show them. I would start making movies to fight all the bigotry in our society. But instead of doing any real work, I turned to the Panther Stone. It made things so much easier. Soon I was using the Panther Stone over and over again to try and fight all the ugly feedback, which in turn was growing stronger and stronger. But I was fighting with the wrong tool. I used the Panther Stone to the point that it became unstable. It opened a portal to multiple universes and something came through. First we fought. I tried to send it back to its universe, but it got the upper hand. It was able instead to send me to this universe, out of its way so it could thrive in ours. That's actually the best explanation I've heard as to why Disney movies are stuck now. <laughs> and I can't help but think, the comic section, I can't help but think they're all going to be roasting Disney, but let's dive in and find out. You have someone who had a caricature, or rather a picture compilation of Eric Cartman plus Kathy Kennedy equals Victoria Alonso, which, yeah, it looks like that character is exactly as portrayed. I, it, it looks like the re, if Cartman was turned into a real person and a woman, it, it the, uh, the resemblance is uncanny. I, I'm not going to lie. Now, let's see. Sean Youngblood says, quote, better writing in this South Park episode than all of the sequel trilogy, unquote. That one comment got 1.7 thousand likes. 
Someone by the name of Roland the Wretch said, quote, are you sure this is a parody, unquote, getting 337 likes. Marcus Zalad says, quote, South Park must be projected for the whole world, unquote, got 380 likes. Troy Lindsay says, quote, once again, they hit the nail on the head, unquote, getting 537 likes. Let's see what else there are here. My Foon says, quote, well, Cartman there certainly broke the fourth wall and said what everyone else is thinking, unquote, getting 293 likes. Wiselanding.com said, quote, South Park isn't pulling any punches, unquote, getting 71 likes. Loki Larden said, quote, can't wait to see it a dozen more of times today across the fellowship, unquote, getting 147 likes. Miss Anthropic Tendencies said, quote, refreshing to see that there are still mainstream comedy left that's actually prepared to take on the issues, unquote, getting 236 likes. A lot of people saying South, I was going to say why, simply said, South Park is the greatest show of all time, unquote, getting 298 likes. Let's see here. Mike Drastic says, quote, Captain Kennedy is Palpatine now, unquote, getting 142 likes. And there is, there is a little bit of a resemblance there if you look at the two pictures side by side. An honest comment said, quote, isn't it great when you feel like someone with power actually listens, unquote, getting 255 likes. Olay says, quote, it's because of the diversity, equity, and inclusion crap being forced on Hollywood. I hope this is the death toll for all this woke crap in movies, unquote. Getting 139 likes. However, I don't think so, since in order to be nominated for, is it an Emmy or an Oscar? One of the two, there are stipulations on the demographics of the people in the film. You have to have certain demographics in order to qualify. So, I don't think the trend is turning around anytime soon. Someone by the name of Raz said, quote, Matt and Trey are effing creative geniuses, unquote, getting 81 likes. Baron Arms saying, quote, this is probably the best explanation I've heard thus far, unquote, getting 48 likes. A lot of people saying this is bringing me back to watch South Park again. Let's see. Glenn Darrington says, quote, Kathleen Kennedy is one of those Hollywood sliding doors that lurch open from one studio life to the next, this time at Woke Disney, heading up the Snow White movie with box office bomb written all over it. Walt and Mickey would not approve, unquote. Got 10 likes. Let's see here. Overwhelmingly negative. And, of course, there are dozens of these clips going out around the internet. One of my other that I thought was pretty popular at the time was another highlight from the episode. And this is someone saying, LOL, Kathleen Kennedy did it again. And it is a 24-second clip from the same South Park episode. So I'll go ahead and play it without further ado. Why are they replacing every single character with someone who is diverse? But then Kennedy's like, it's not our fault, it's because of Kathleen Kennedy. But then Kathleen Kennedy's just like, fuck it, make it more like. And everyone in town is like, no, please, Kathleen Kennedy, stop ruining everything. But Kathleen Kennedy is all like, put another gay diverse woman in it, make it more fucking lame. And the Disney stock just keeps going down and down and down. And then Bob Iger is all like, no, it's going over my stock. Why are they replacing Yeah, their stock is... Probably the definition of a joke stock, actually. Disney stock was 
pulled up right now before we dive into the comments. Look at the five-year outlook down 28.04%. One-year outlook is down 18.6%. Year-to-date down 6.85%. In the past six months, it's down 17.61%. In one month, it is up by 1.48%. In five days, it's up three. So yeah, overall, Disney is not a great, not doing so great on the stock market these days. Now, going over to the comments section of this video, or rather this tweet, you have a lot of people referencing the Pander Stone, getting 16 likes. Let's see here. A lot of people, let's see here. Mike Swindle saying, quote, boy, do they make her look as, uh, look like a hateful ass, has, hashtag equal sign, a compliment, in my opinion, as to how hateful she really is, unquote. Someone also, by the name of Term Limits Now, said, quote, we can only dream of losing a company millions, these gram the grammar is beyond terrible with some of these tweets. But nevertheless, I will try to reread it as they have written it. Now, the Term Limits guy now says, quote, we can only dream of losing a company billions of dollars from uh, now from losses at the box office, huge losses in retail, billions in unrealized box office, TV, park attendance, and one billion plus loss in Star Wars themed hotel no one wanted to pay for. KK's response, another Ray film. And they had a slap in the face emoji. So interestingly enough, I don't know how Disney's gonna pull back from this nosedive. But it'll be interesting to see. No one, nowadays, she'll probably get a promotion and a big pay raise because she's doing exactly what the company wants. Not fiscal results, but cultural change is another metric in and of itself for some companies as well. Let me know in the comments if you think, will Disney actually remove her or have someone else take over or start making different decisions? Because for the past couple of years or several years, Disney's just kind of done the same thing again and again and again, and it is losing the money. They've lost about $2 billion on films lately. It's not a very good fiscal investment, is what I'm trying to say. It'll be interesting to see, but time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news, you have Disney to purchase the remaining Hulu stake from Comcast. Now, currently Comcast holds a 60, or rather 33% stake in the company, and it looks like the streamer, the sale is going to be for at least $8.61 billion. Granted, the price drag could rise, as both companies will now negotiate the to determine Hulu's full value. A 2019 deal between the firm set the value of Hulu at $27.5 billion, but Comcast CEO has already indicated that Hulu is, quote, way more valuable today, unquote. Which, I mean, I don't know about that. How many hits does Hulu have these days? Last time I checked, the only thing that, one of my, one of my cousins used to ra rave about that show. What is it? The weird aliens? I believe they have the I believe they have the exclusive distribution rights for Solar Opposites, and then maybe Archer. I think they had a contract for them at one point. Which, but when was the last time I actually know someone who pays for Hulu? When I was earlier, when Hulu was just coming to the market, when I was younger, I always thought it was a ripoff because it was a streaming service you had to pay for, but you still had ads. Now I know now they have other options, so you actually pay a lot of money to get no ads at all, but. In terms of my anecdotal experience and anecdotal evidence with the folks I talked to, 
only a couple of people, really only a handful of people ever had Hulu. I mean, the big elephant in the room is Netflix. They have a huge market dominance and market share. Now, the other question would be, where is Disney going to get this money? Because Disney's bleeding money in nearly every category except for theme parks. Theme parks are making them a profit, but their streaming service is still not profitable. That's, I mean, this, if they require it, might help because they'll get some of those exclusive distribution rights for some of those intellectual properties. But they're going to have to raise this money or take out a loan or use some cash reserves. It's going to come from somewhere. And Hulu's, they're saying there's valued at, you know, $27.5 billion. And I know public schools are all-time low for math, science, history, so we'll do a little math here today. So the 2019 value, based at $27.5 billion, so if you multiply that by 33%, yeah, that does come around to around $9.1 billion. So a little bit more than what they were earlier saying they were going to acquire it for. So it'll be interesting to see. That's you know the dollar value amount. And then you have to argue, you know, what's the brand worth you know, compared to the revenues? You, which is pretty easy. You have the statistical numbers of they made X amount of revenue, X amount of dollars, X amount of profit. There's this valuation for what it's worth, but also what is the power of the brand? In it? I can't but wonder: Is Disney just going to absorb the whole whole Hulu into Disney Plus, or will they continue to have a separate app or a separate instance? It'd be fascinating to see. I I can't help but think the market would probably maybe prefer a little market consolidation. As people have so many streaming services from pretty much every legacy media company, they all have their own subscription services. So I think, let me know in the comments if you believe differently, but I think some folks would probably just like it just to have one Disney Plus account and it would have all the other subsequent little intellectual property. But it'll be interesting to see. Of course, negotiation might take a long time, but it looks like officially they're going to actually, actually purchase the product. Let me know in the comments. Hopefully it improves quality though i of course am as usual skeptical now going over to the political part of the podcast you have matt gates going viral for noting that mike johnson seems to not have any shady business dealings now this is referring to mike johnson who is a new house speaker and matt gates references a daily beast account says and this is from matt gates himself he says quote the daily beast is furious that hashtag speaker johnson isn't rich corrupt or rich from being corrupt he doesn't have any shady business deals he doesn't trade stocks as a congressman Cry more, I guess. And this got Matt Gates 1 million views in a day. So, as youth might say, he went viral, for sure. Now, this is referencing, is a quote tweet from Matt Fuller. And this individual, the original content was, quote, Mike Johnson doesn't have any retirement savings, own a single stock, or have any assets at all. He has less than $5,000 in his bank account. He's got a 250 to 500K mortgage, a home equity loan, and a personal loan. So what's his retirement plan to lobby? Question mark. So it'll be interesting to see, but I suspect the comments will be good in regards to Matt Gates' take on the situation. But let's dive in. One of the first comments comes from Patrick Henry saying, "Quote: Wow, a congressman that isn't owned by the deep state. I'm sure they don't hate that." Unquote. Getting 53 likes. Someone by the name of Not Woke Troubadours said, "Quote." Yeah, he's the opposite of Dan Crenshaw and Nancy Pelosi, someone who actually lives off his salary without being paid under the table by lobbyists and using insider trading, unquote. Getting 38 likes. Sean Gatton says, quote, maybe, just maybe, he's not dirty. I wonder if they've considered that, unquote. Yeah, 164 likes, which may very well be one of the top tweet responses. 
Linda Tratz says, quote, they prefer the crook we have in the White House who became enormously rich while, quote unquote, serving the people, unquote. So bonus points for complexity, a quote within a quote. Nevertheless, this person did get 17 likes. The Abe Foreman says, quote, Speaker Johnson literally represents most Americans, unquote, getting 99 likes. Southern FFA family says, quote, this is hilarious. We're no longer going after the ones that have become multimillionaires while being public servants. We're now going after the ones that aren't. God forbid someone in the office has has actual morals and ethics, unquote. First got 197 likes. Gidden Fix says, quote, he doesn't fit the formula and they have no idea how to handle it, unquote, getting 85 likes. Joe Marino says, quote, so he can relate to the struggles that we're all having. I'm supposed to be angry at this, unquote. He got 370 likes. Someone by the name of Photo Framed. So we do have a couple that are against Matt Gates, interestingly enough. So this person says, quote, unquote, oh, sweetie. And has a picture of Matt Gates, And it says, Mike Johnson, Matt Gates wingman, accepts Venmo, unquote. Okay, 93 likes, which... I thought Venmo was public so you could see all the amounts if you're connected with them or something. Unusual, but I was going to say, I think most people... I know a couple of folks who love Venmo for the convenience of it. I kind of thought it was a trend. I never really hopped on that bandwagon. I think I I used it once or twice for a couple of work events, but never really took on, so to say. Anthony Hughes says, quote, Good, we want a politician that is like the people. Unquote, gained 64 likes. Savannah says, quote, the Daily Beast is really angry. They can't dig up any dirt on Speaker Johnson. Let them cope with and seethe, unquote. Getting 113 likes. Jericho says, quote, they're speculating about what he's going to do for his retirement and it's lousy journalism and hit piece based on speculation. That's where we are at now, unquote. Getting 49 likes. Peach Latin says, quote, no one is furious in the article, is English hard, unquote, getting 97, oh, nine, close, 92 likes. So it looks like over, overwhelmingly positive, couple, eh, couple trying to see if there's more negatives down here. Like, eh, I don't know if it's positive or negative. Well, Mr. Shabby Boy says, quote, he doesn't need to worry about retirement because he's going to be raptured, unquote, getting 24 likes. Interesting enough, I think, yeah. A lot of people saying, a lot of people getting between zero and five likes, saying things to the effect of he's my guy, or I like that, or geez, why is this a bad deal? He needs, eh, a lot of people, eh. So yeah, I'd say overwhelmingly positive responses. It is very interesting that, we actually have to say it's unusual for someone to be in politics and not be a multimillionaire or have become a multimillionaire throughout their political career, which that is a very unique thing. I think that's actually will probably help him relate to the common person. I think a lot of people respect that. So I say in terms of moves on the political chessboard, that's a pretty good person to align yourself with in regards to Matt Gates. But it'll be interesting to see. Time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek on achieving peace and NATO expanding too close to Russia. Now, this is coming from a specific speech that he had. It looks like it was at the Saint Salem College. And then he does have a little bit of text before the actual video. And if you do have suggestions for picture-in-picture -picture production software, I would greatly appreciate it since I've tried a couple, but haven't had much luck with the camera, not really able to work with it. 
So let me know if you do have suggestions because I do want to increase the production quality of the show. And I know that is something that someone has asked for in the comments prior a few times. So this is the text he has before the speech. And he says, quote, stop marching us to the brink of nuclear war. My plan is to achieve peace in Ukraine and end the China-Russia military alliance. It is the mirror image of President Nixon's diplomatic maneuver that distanced China from the USSR in 1972. Putin is our new Mao for all, all the handwriting about the 1994 Budapest Menor Memorandum on which the U.S. has more than fulfilled its commitments. The neocon Democratic establishment is shockingly silent on James Baker's famous 1990 not-one-inch commitment to Gorbachev that NATO would never ex extend east of Germany. Unquote. And without further ado, play the video. You've got Putin saying that Xi Jinping and them meeting 42 times, they're best friends. The idea they're that the, the, the idea that China is dependent on There's Putin, cracks in the armor. The Ch China is dependent on Putin for energy, and the idea that appeasing Putin by giving him some Ukraine is going to get him out of the China alliance and go to the United States is just not realistic. So, so here's where I think it does take an outsider to bring some sanity to our foreign policy where it's been missing for a very long time. Here's how we're actually paving the way for China to go after Taiwan. Think about this. Put yourself in Xi Jinping's shoes. Right now, Russia and China are in a military alliance with one another. Russia has greater nuclear capabilities and hypersonic they're missiles. They're not in a military alliance. Since 2001, there's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's, there's no there's, formal that's actually, Russian... That's actually, no uh, let me finish. Russian let me finish, because yeah. this is an issue I happen to know a lot about. They're running joint military exercises across uh, right off the coast of Alaska. A 2001 treaty of good neighborliness and cooperation. They're treaty-bound in a 2001 treaty and a 2022 strategic no-limits partnership running joint military exercises today. So now back to the point. Xi Jinping's bet right now is that the U.S. won't want to go to war with two allied nuclear superpowers at the same time. But if we get Russia out of its alliance with China, we have eliminated the single greatest threat to the U.S., that's the Russia-China alliance, and Xi Jinping will have to think twice before he goes after Taiwan. So my view is that we can use the end of the Ukraine war as a chance to do what we should have done long ago, pull Russia apart from China, say that NATO will never admit Ukraine to NATO. That is a commitment that we made back in 1990. James Baker made that to Gorbachev, that NATO would not expand one inch past East Germany. We haven't kept that commitment. Keep and honor that commitment, but require in return that Russia and China split up. There are kinks in their armor, and I can talk about what they are. Russia sending weapons to India, to Vietnam, not allowing China to finish a railroad. There are kinks in that armor. Now is our moment to pull it apart, but it's not gonna come from somebody in the establishment of either party. It's going to take an outsider to get that deal done, as I will. We so it'll be interesting to see. People brought up that point a lot. And a lot of people are suspecting that's one of the reasons Russia is so irate with the situation is that NATO is continuing to expand more and more and more when part of the negotiation, the promise was that they wouldn't. And my three cents on the issue, or my situation, granted, it should be two cents, but four-year high inflation, really, I recently charged four cents. But my three cents, granted, it's still free to click the subscribe button. Part of the point of contention with Russia is if Ukraine is admitted into NATO, then they literally have NATO literally on their back door. So there's no quote-unquote buffer, which prior, strategically speaking, they had. So it'll be interesting to see what the end result is, but in terms of negotiation, I don't think I don't think Russia would accept that Ukraine being accepted into NATO. Let me know if you think differently in the comments, or maybe they'll be forced to, but I don't think they'll 
I don't think they'll willingly accept that. Now, going to the comics section, it'll be interesting to see. This is more of a unique perspective in terms of most of the Republican nominees are very much anti-Russia. They won't want. They only want to give them one iota or one inch, yeah, alone a mile or whatever the metric is. So it'll be interesting to see if this splits the comments. Time shall tell. Let's dive in right now. Someone by the name of let's see here, Abishkis Rajon. He says, "Quote." Great, you will do better than Trump, so good luck. I'm quoting 14 likes. Pop culture inmate says, quote, we need peace and development. I'm quoting four likes. Monis Let's see here. NFT Eno said, quote, yeah, it's right about everyone's plan to stop wars. I'm quoting four likes. Omar Seti saying, quote, sensible of him, Vivek. Things are looking cr very crazy right now. Getting eight likes. Squalum says, quote, great idea, but are we sure Putin wants to take the deal? If he knows your hand, he can counter pretty heavily. Are you prepared for that, Vivek? Getting two likes. Let's see here. Then, ah, okay. Interesting. So we are starting to get some negative or ones against that uh, Vivek. Tobar Friedman saying, quote, just what we need. Another Nixon, unquote, getting three likes. Lady, who gets any plus marketing because there's a picture of a lady so you know exactly what you're getting in theory this person says quote we prefer donald trump anyway getting three likes oscar d saying quote vivek for president getting 19 likes one of the most popular ones someone by the name of social truth has a gif or as the youth might call it a gif where you have donald trump holding up a folder but the folder is photoshopped to say monger that fear and it gets four likes now, I don't know how much truth there is to that GIF or GIF, because if you wanted to use fear as a tactic to increase your voting, wouldn't you try to increase the emotional rhetoric saying, you know, all hell is going to break loose unless we ramp up the war exponentially? Or, I, again, I'm not, I didn't hear anything too bombastic or hear anything that Vivek said that would seem to trigger an emotional response or try to use fear as a tactic to gain votes. Let me know in the comments if you think I missed it. But I'm not sure how real that GIF is or accurate that is. Let's see here. Tiger, who I don't want to say he gets that for marketing. It might be his real name. He gets a C. He gets a C for marketing. The profile picture is just of a gentleman with a beard. It is neither a tiger that you see at the zoo, or not even Tony the tiger, who is the character who sells you high fructose corn syrup, putting on corn flakes on the cereal box. Nevertheless, Mr. Tiger, alleged Tiger, he says, quote, the proposal draws parallels to Nixon's historical diplomacy, but with today's complex geopolitics, such as direct comparisons, merit caution, cautious analysis. The intricate web of alliances, historical commitments, and other dynamics have changed. China is a powerhouse now, not the meek 70s, unquote. First got eight likes. Let's see here. Jonathan Drager says, quote, I do not want to die in a war with Russia, so please post your bench. I'm quoting nine likes. Let's see here. Aaron Day, 2024, this gentleman says, quote, can't win a Republican primary unless you are a blood-soaked monster. You should have done more due diligence before entering a race. Your chances of winning are zero, unquote. This person's got two likes. Interestingly enough, Vivek is 
in some polls ahead of Nikki Haley for the Republican nominee. Now, Nikki Haley is very much pro-war. So he's ahead of her, and he's not very pro-war. So, again, they're not at the point where they're going to win the Republican primary, but he's doing better than someone who is pushing for war and also rubbing for the Republican primary. So I don't know if you need to have that stance necessarily to actually win the nominee. Let's see here. Let's see here. Dana B. says, quote, A referendum on the act of declaration of independence was held in the Ukraine on 1st December 1991. An overwhelming majority of 92.3% of voters approved the declaration of independence. Majority in all areas, including Crimea, learned some history, unquote. Person got four likes. Let's see here. Grishma says, quote, Vivek Ramaswamy is right when he explains that Putin and G aren't that cozy and that their supposed unbreakable friendship couldn't be disrupted by the right U.S. policies. Putin is real mad with Xi for two reasons. One, being a Bolshoi Island map redraw. One, being Bolshoi Island map redraw. Two, Xi didn't warn him of Hamas October 7 ops. Unquote. This person got three likes. So interesting. Eh, a lot of other comments getting zero between, eh, about zero and three. Eh, zero and three likes. And most, I would say most, most of them are in support of Vivek, but a little bit more negativity than average. I say on average when it comes to Vivek's posts on social media, I'd say usually between maybe 65 and 90% of the comments or the replies are all positive and supportive of his of him in his original statement. This perhaps being one of the outliers to a little less than usual. Now, of course, the million dollar question or more appropriately, the presidential question is, will this particular issue be something to campaign on and that could either put him ahead of the Republican nominees or to this detriment, actually put him behind them in all of these polls. So we fascinated here. Let me know, do you think does this increase his odds of becoming the presidential nominee? Or do you think this will actually lose him some of the support he had already built up? Be fascinating to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Toyota to recall about 1.8 million RAV4 SUVs. Now, specifically, it is recalling certain vehicles from the model years manufactured 2013 and 2018. Now, the issue is a fire risk from some replacement batteries. Toyota noted in a statement that since some replacement batteries in the SUV aren't the correct dimensions, they could shake loose and start a fire if the car makes a sharp turn. Now, that basically means it's never going to happen then, since, again, it's a pavement queen. Only three of them go off-road a year. Ha, automotive pun right there. Nevertheless, they said that, quote, some replacement 12-volt batteries of the size specified for the subject vehicles have smaller top dimensions than others. If a small top battery is used for replacement and the hold-down clamp is not tightened correctly, the battery could move when the vehicle is driven to with forceful turns. The movement could cause the positive battery terminal to contact the hold-up clamp and short-circuit, unquote. So again, you have to have it improperly clamped down and you have to be using the vehicle actively. So thankfully, it looks like there's no negative news in terms of there have not been any detrimental deaths or anyone physically harmed because of this particular recall. But 
It is not great since Toyota's whole brand is being dang near bulletproof in terms of reliability and build quality. So it'll be interesting to see, again, they've had that reputation built throughout, I mean, decades upon decades upon decades, they've built out that reputation. So I don't think this has had too much of a detrimental impact on the brand overall. But if you're looking to buy a RAV4 in the near future, it may come to your mind, it may sway your opinion one way or the other. It'll be fascinating to see what does their sales from here and the brand, but time shall tell. Thank you everyone for taking time to tune in to the show again today. I cannot appreciate it enough. If you click that subscribe button, they'll help the channel grow and develop and be able to make the show better and better. Also, the comments are a great way to help me get the show in terms of increasing with new ideas and new qualities. I had to almost do an eye roll. I was trying to remember that certain word. But nevertheless, the feedback is always greatly appreciated. I do apologize. And sometimes it might take a couple days for me to get back to the comments, depending on the workloads that I'm working with. But I always do appreciate the critique, even if it's negative, because I think that is how you grow the most. Also, lastly, don't forget to take time to Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe and fight the good fight.